Yemko Africa. Hello, hello. Marhaba and welcome or welcome back to the Gone to Africa podcast. I'm your host, Julie O. And here we go. This is part two of my chat with Zaka from Morocco. If you missed part one, you, you can go and have a look at that. It's the just the last episode posted. Zach took us through his journey living in and coming of age in Morocco, working as an artist, a musician, a tourist guide, and his decision to leave that and take on an epic adventure cycling through West Africa with the goal of getting to Ghana. Where we left off, left off with Zach is him being denied entry into Ghana at the Cote d'Ivoire-Ghana border because of COVID restrictions at the time. And this is what happens next. Through this, he takes us through how he ended up spending his lockdown and a lot of lessons just in general from that time until now. And his adventures since then, he is now in East Africa and has been for probably a year. And those experiences as well through Kenya and Tanzania and where else he would love to head to in the future. So... Here we go. Part two with Zach. Please enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I'm texting all my friends that I know. Anyone even I met along the way and yeah. stuff. I'm texting. Do you know anyone in Ivory Coast or or Burkina Faso or yeah. this or anywhere that I can just go? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I know. One guy sent me a message. He's like, yeah, I've got a friend in Ouagadougou. Okay. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, let me go, man, please. Mm-hmm. Like. He's like, yeah, let me just text them and see if it's all right. I'll tell them that you're staying for a small amount of time because mm-hmm. of the corona. So, yeah, I'm so happy. I get mm-hmm. all my stuff together, put it on a bus, go straight. The bus goes straight to Ouagadougou. Mm-hmm. I get to the border. Everything's cool. They don't really, they're really, they're not like Ghanaian. Yeah, they're, not pressed also, about they're just like, yeah, whatever. Stamp, whatever. Give us some money, whatever, go through. Mm-hmm. Get inside to Burkina Faso. Still pretty calm. No one's really caring about it. Mm-hmm. Anything. Get to Ouagadougou, meet this beautiful family. Mm-hmm. They're Mose and More. Mm-hmm. More Mose. That's the tribe that they're from. Okay. Uh, very beautiful family. Um, they're Christian mm-hmm. and Muslim in the same family, which okay. is hilarious, I think. And we all drink together. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I lived with them for like three months. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. they just have because everything end, shut down. How, yeah. Wagadougou even shut down the entire of Wagadougou, mm-hmm. like not inside Wagadougou, but yeah. the border you couldn't go in and out of the city. No, mm. so they shut down Wagadougou. Uh, everything was open in the daytime. Everything was open in the daytime. Mm. At nighttime, everything shut down, and that was like the first month and a half of Corona. Okay, just home, chilling with the family at night. Very fun family. Yeah. Really enjoyed them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just sleeping so, in there. So between Burkina Faso <laughs> and Cote d'Ivoire, yeah. like, what was the difference? Like, why why were you so stressed about being in Cote d'Ivoire I, and stuck? I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. at all. Like, um, and the people in Cote d'Ivoire, I, I started to do some research later on, and I realized that they had just gone through like two wars, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. They were pretty recent, yeah. like not just wars, but like massacres and like mm. people were dying a lot in Ivory Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it had to, I don't know what it had to do with terrorism or something, but like there was some 
they were, people were traumatized basically okay. they, they weren't trusting they were a bit mm. traumatized by what was going on um also the french vibe wasn't so helpful for me yeah on top of that, <laughs> on top of that yeah so there was some issues with the political standpoint of ivory coast and then when i get to working at faso I also realized that they also have a Pan-Africanist leader whose name is Thomas Sankara. Mm -hmm. And he rubbed off a lot on the people also, yeah. which I love because yeah. they have their own mentality. They're yeah. not this like weird, like, oh, okay, we're mm -hmm. just going to obey. No, like they teach mm -hmm. like this Thomas Sankara, Kuame and Kurume, yeah. he, they taught people like how to retain their pure culture and tradition yeah. and like be strong about it yeah. and that's and be proud yeah and mm -hmm. be proud so they they had that vibe in Burkina Faso even though they all speak it's a French obviously mm -hmm. French country but they they had that like, vibe of yeah. Tamu Sankara of like, Sankara stands out to me because I think maybe it's just what I have been exposed to and mm -hmm. what I have heard but it seemed to me that he was one of the more vocal um you know, freedom fighters and intellectuals and stuff and mm -hmm. leaders mm -hmm. who is vocal about um, empowering women and how and mm -hmm. like giving women or like allowing or encouraging um, that women had like positions of power and positions of influence wow. and that those were like worthy voices to, to you okay. know, think about and that, that, about and that actually like no liberation movement was complete without women and all of that. That's actually, I think, one of his famous quotes, something wow. like that. I'm paraphrasing. So, yeah. That's great. I always man. love to hear. I always love to hear people's experiences with Sankara. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I was very happy to learn about Sankara because um, he was very influential on the fact to <clears throat> produce their own things. Yeah, it's like why are we buying stuff yeah. from everywhere else when we can just make our own? Mm -hmm. And and like sugar, maize, everything mm -hmm. was just starting to produce big factories now producing their own yeah. things, even. Um, infrastructure and plastics and stuff what well, they were starting to make in Burkina Faso. Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden he gets you know, killed by mm -hmm. his best friend or not best friend. Or but, yeah. <laughs> um, but recently there's a new guy named Traore. Mm. Have you seen him? The mm. new, he, he has that Sankara vibe. Mm. Uh, he just kicked out uh, France from Burkina Faso. Yeah, I haven't like <laughs> followed that story very much. I've just kind of seen headlines. Yeah, so there. so I'm always like kind of wary of getting but... excited, but I'll 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 give it a look. I'll no, they kicked them out. Like <laughs> like okay, so basically they were I think they were inspired by Niger, mm -hmm. who right, also did, did that. that yeah. Especially with the French, because you see the thing with French people, man, like they've got some weird self conscious issues, <laughs> some, something that they need to like deal with because. <laughs> They were not nice, man. Yeah. At all. And and I think it's like another another difference, I guess, mm. between like previous colon um previous colonies of France and mm. previous colonies of let me say the UK or Britain, because that's what I know best, mm. is you could say at least on an um what would it be, like a governmental level or mm. like a policy level, which even that might not be true, but at least there was like much more of a clear break. Mm -hmm. And like it was much more like boom, this ends here, and now it's all Kenyan leaders and everything like that, whoever's in parliament. Of course, some people, you know, were doing yeah, the bidding yeah, of yeah. the colonizer. Yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't as much of an involvement mm -hmm. after independence mm -hmm. as there seems to be with, like, previous, uh, with Francophone countries, let me say. I don't know about other parts of the world that have been colonized by the French. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, like, the whole... Um, 
what's it called? The whole money system and whatever it is. That whole thing about like the well, French. Wow, yeah. The French, French still having the fucking bank in yeah, Africa. Like, yeah. Why does every interaction from an African country have to go through France? And that to me is crazy. Yeah. Like, I just had never heard of that until, exactly. until I heard of it. Mm-hmm. Because it just doesn't exist here. Mm-hmm. And, and let me say for East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just think that there seems to be much more. They just seem to have their fingers in still in these countries, yeah, like in such a big way. That's why, yeah, I think that was the yeah the problem with the French because they're still there, even in Morocco, man. Like, there's places still paying them like some debt, or like some kind of tax, or some kind of right? tax or Ugh. debt, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. like there was this super famous hotel in Morocco called Mamounia in Marrakesh, mm. and they just finished paying them off, I think. I think they had, like, a, a deal, like, after the 99, after, like, a certain years of oh, the, the independence. Yeah, mm-hmm. the lease or something. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, because the French people built this. Okay. And but then, so this is to, um, is this, like, a government thing, or is it to individuals? Or? Even individual lands. Okay. Like, there's a contracts that are okay, being... Okay, so it's written into the... Yeah. And obviously, it's not going on anymore, yeah. like, with new business and yeah, new deals. But back then, like, some people are... Some companies and business are just paying, still almost just finishing paying off the French from independence since independence mm. time in Morocco. Mm. So yeah, Burkina Faso is dope. <laughs> I really like opened my mind a lot towards to like this, to how colonizers were treating people, and mm. I was very very um, grateful okay. for that uh, experience with, especially in in Burkina Faso with okay. Kamusankara. Yeah. Yeah. So let me take you back to yeah, the beginning of this trip. Or like, not even, like before the beginning of this trip. Yeah. Where did the idea come from? <laughs> to bike. Like to bike, to even have take the trip. Yeah. How did you choose Ghana as your destination? Hmm. How long was that preparation? Are you going to anyone for advice? Yes. So what's the prep like? The prep for that and the idea came. I was the, work- yeah, the idea and the motivation. Yes. That. So I was working in a bike shop. In, mm. in Morocco, a, okay. a, not like a normal bicycle shop, a pretty big bicycle shop. Okay. It was um, some Holland people had mm. like this charity oh, yeah. uh, and uh, they employed Moroccans. I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And we did lots of fun events for the community, okay. opening the mind, teaching uh, women how to ride bikes mm. and fixing, doing free bikes fix for the for the community around and stuff mm-hmm. so it was quite fun i really enjoyed it and it was it, it definitely felt like it was for the community at that time mm. but uh <clears throat> because they were a bike shop like a big one too they they were able to host um travelers mm. and there's this application called warm showers mm-hmm. and it's for people traveling by bicycle like couch mm-hmm. surfing mm-hmm. like all these other but fun, specific to specifically cyclists. for bi- cyclists mm-hmm. and all these what, people from Europe mm-hmm. coming through Morocco, coming to the bike shop, chilling out, doing their stuff, fixing their bike, yeah. and then going on again. I'm like, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, yeah. we're going here, we're going down to Mauritania, we're going to something. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are going by bike? Yeah. And then like, I met the first one, and I was like, y'all are crazy. Then I met the second one, and I'm like, are you this serious? This is a thing. <laughs> and it's like the third, and after working in the bike shop, so many people came through, and yeah. like, I was like, this is amazing how many people are traveling by. Obviously, they're all European. Yeah. I met some Asians doing it, but mostly Europeans. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Morocco is quite safe to do that in, apparently, for Europeans. It's Mm -hmm. like tourists 
Morocco loves tourists, anyways.、Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm leaving Morocco. Like fuck this place. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm not like in a bad. At,、yeah. at the time, <clears throat> sorry.、Mm-hmm. At the time when I was leaving Morocco, I was ready not to go back. I was like, I'm on a whole new journey. I'm not going back to Morocco.、Okay. I'm going. To And you'd been there how long from from leaving the states? From leaving the states, it was probably about four to five years. Okay. And I, I'm on, I'm done with Morocco. I have experienced enough of Morocco. The、mm-hmm. people were getting annoying,、mm-hmm. uh, just like weird. I was getting a lot of this hustle thing from、yeah. like working with the tourist vibe, and then my own Moroccan people like ripping me off. I'm like,、yeah. what are you guys doing? Like、yeah. this is not what's supposed to happen.、Mm-hmm. Anyways. I'm ready to leave Morocco. I start prepping.、It、takes me about two months to prep,、okay. month and a half. Getting a nice bike, getting all the bags ready, waterproof bags, tent,、mm-hmm. all the equipment. So like I, I traveled on my bicycle for an entire year, kind of.、Um, mm-hmm. Although I did spend lots of time in places, like、yeah. months in one place, months in another place. But I lived off of my bicycle for a year. Everything、mm-hmm. I used. Was、yeah. from my bicycle,、okay. so like I really had to be careful what I was taking and very efficient and minimalist. Okay. So obviously I had to take extra tires, extra tube, extra chain, extra anything that could possibly break on my bike.、Mm-hmm. I had an extra thing for it, and、okay. anything that could break on the bike, I knew how to fix.、Mm. And yeah, that's basically it. Like、uh, bicycle is very simple; doesn't need too many things. Yeah.、Um, and yeah, the prep took, took a nice amount of time, lots of thinking. But then, obviously, the the prep is nothing like actually doing it. Yeah. It was so different to actually、yeah. do the travel, meet people, and and I realized like I did I did a, I did a very different I did lots of different things than these Europeans traveling、mm-hmm. because I'm from Africa、yeah. and I trust my people and、yeah. I had and just your own deep, mentality. Yeah, even yeah. my mentality though. I trust my people, you know, and I'm like, I'm going, I'm, I'm gone. I never had a bad experience. People were taking care of me. Yeah, I was even more taken care of than having like a negative experience.、Mm-hmm. People were just loving me, taking care of me the、yeah. entire time.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I left Morocco, I was like, I'm never coming back.、Mm-hmm. But after a year, at as soon as like Wagadougou started to open up, I'm like waiting to go to Ghana. I'm just like after three months in that people's home, I was like.、Mm-hmm. Itching, edging to go to Ghana still,、okay. and I'm. I went to the border twice、mm. since, and I. I got after sent the first back. Time, I, I got after the first time. I went back to the border twice, and I got sent back both times.、Wow. They were really serious about this corona thing, not、mm. letting anyone in. Or,、uh, I mean, no,、yeah. especially tourists.、Mm. They're like, well, they got to a point. Like, what's where, your purpose? Yeah, they got to a、purpose. point where it was like, yeah, if you have work-related travel, you、mm. can come in. If not, you can't.、Okay. And I was trying to find these work permits and shit,、mm. just get into Ghana. Nothing happened, and、okay. then I ended up getting malaria.、Oof. Yeah. In the end, I got malaria. I treated myself locally, actually,、mm. um, with the family that I was staying、yeah. with. They treated me locally, herbs and、yeah. roots and leaves and everything. That's where they go. But I was so weak after because、mm. in Morocco we don't have that type of. Okay. So like my so genetics, yeah, it was, it was so intense. I went to bones. I was literally just bones. I was pretty fit after、yeah. biking for that long. For months, yeah. Yeah, for months, and then this malaria just sucked the life out of me.、Mm. I literally was like reborn. I felt reborn. Okay. Actually, it wasn't even a negative thing at the time. 
it was like okay i'm rebirthing myself okay. with a whole new mentality with a whole new mm-hmm. mindset lifestyle. which was which was um african mm-hmm. um even though i'm like half native american and stuff mm-hmm. like and as a moroccan they don't even see themselves as african mm-hmm. and Still today, you see, you feel yeah. like it's the same, I suppose. Right? It's the same. It's mm. like they want to be Arab or they want to be European yeah. and, or they want to be some stupid mm. thing yeah. that is not who they actually are. Okay. It's not who I am. So for me to embrace that, um, I think it was very important and to be rebirthed with that mentality, especially going through all this like. Yeah. studying and yeah. stuff. I was very happy to have been. Damn, yeah, your body was just like sit down. Yes, <laughs> and think about some things. <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of like <laughs> sucked me dry, yeah. and everything went. And then I really had no strength even to continue in Ouagadougou or Burkina Faso, or even get to Ghana. I had no strength at all. Okay. I had to go back to Morocco. Okay. So I went back to Morocco. What did you do with your bike? Were you able to like, I left fly it with bike? the family. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, I just took like my backpack yeah. um, with some of my clothes in it and then everything else I left. Yeah. The tools, the bike itself, my yeah. tent, it's all still with my, fam- the, my family yeah. in Burkina Faso. Yeah. They love me and I love them. Yeah. One day I'll visit again. Nice. Very interesting. Did you make it to Ghana after that at any no. point? No. Okay, we have to go. So I went, I spent a month last year in oh, wow. mainly Accra. I was just, okay. I was kind of on leave from work when I was, when I was still deep in the Babylon. No. Okay. When I was like one foot in Babylon type of vibe. So I was yes. like on leave and we had this month off. So I went to Accra first. Yes. And I was house sitting for this babe. So I just had this free apartment for three weeks, just taking care of a cat <laughs> and watering the plants. It was amazing. And same thing, like that's mm. one of the like most monumental trips of my life because I was so well taken care of, uh-huh. like so spoiled. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like so literally true. like this, this lady I was house sitting for picked me up from the airport, like from jump. She mm. was like, I'll come get you. Cool, cool, mm. cool. And we're driving and even things like we're on the car, we're in the car from the airport and I'm just looking around, you know, and I'm just checking out what the vibes are. This is my first time in West Africa at all. Wow my first time in, in Ghana and I think I, I was just thinking out loud saying like I'm beginning to get a sim card probably she's like all right I got you one and it's like in the house and then she so she's German but she's lived in Ghana for like 11 years or something oh, okay um shout out Judith love you so much and um <laughs> she yeah so we get to her house she and a friend of hers Kudro came were the ones who came and picked me up and we're hanging out they order food we just like have a quick lunch yeah She's like in the most, this is like the one and only time she like really showed her Germanness. Like, <laughs> she had this document of like 10 pages. Oh. Like of this word document that she had printed out saying, hey, Julie, welcome to Accra. She was only going to be there for like one night and she was going away, which is why I was house sitting. That's why you had to have the thing. And she yeah. had all of these, this is, this is what's in that. this place and this is what's in that place. She had like 15 people's phone numbers, which was like, this person has a spare key. This person is nearby. This wow. person will tell you about nightlife. This person will tell you about like hair and beauty stuff. <laughs> this person, and these are her, like friends and connections of hers. And then same thing with restaurants, same thing where to shop, same things with like, if you want to go to other regions, this person knows Ooh, Volta organized. really well. This person knows Kumasi. And it's also like connects of hers because she has worked in hospitality for ages. Okay. So it was even things like, 
you should go to this restaurant, look for the manager, Arnold, tell them Judith sent you, they'll take care of you. It wow, was like that. Yes. I was like, uh-huh. what is my life, bro? Yes. And then, so this is all the first <laughs> afternoon. And then we already have dinner plans. We're going to dinner with like 10 of her friends. We're okay. like on this long table so that I can meet some of the people behind the phone numbers before she yes. leaves. And I met all of her friends. I was like, why do I believe it? That's crazy. So then she leaves and I'm there as well. And um, yeah, and like still her friends are inviting me places and texting me to like check in and see uh-huh. what one and saying, you know, if I won't be there, but you should go check out this thing. So that happens. It's around August and there's a street art festival called Chalewote that happens mm. every, uh, every August, mm-hmm. which is kind of over two weekends. So okay. This first weekend and then like a lot of activity goes on. All of the art is, of course, still there to view during the week. Mm-hmm. And then the second weekend when everything kicks off, and mm-hmm. there's much more performance mm-hmm. and all of that. And it's interesting because it's very, it happens in an area of a car called Jamestown, which is like a very old community um, of like uh, the Gam people, which mm-hmm. is like a people who are believed to have migrated by water from Nigeria. So mm-hmm. Also, like the language is like much closer to like Yoruba and like that okay. kind of vibe. Okay. But they're definitely Ghanaian. And so there are all of these, there are a lot of like li- kind of different shrines and things like that. And mm-hmm. it's a mixture of like, contemporary art being a focus and mu- and live music mm-hmm. but also a lot of like much older traditions and, and festival things that's amazing so yeah. there's like a twins festival for example where like there, there's like a really high concentration of twins in, in this community <laughs> like all the twins who are like there'll be like 10 year old twins all and 60 year old twins <laughs> and they all have to like them and their families have to take an offering to the shrine of like wow. you know the deity who takes care of twins and everything that's like amazing. that that's amazing so things like that are going on and there's also music and there's also graffiti and there's also performance art and there's also this all kind of along like one or two streets. Amazing. Like, with the sport yeah. at the end. And so I met, I met the organizers. I don't remember how. Like, and again, a friend of a friend of Judith's was like, we were chatting at some art opening and then I got to know like one of the organizers and everything. Mm-hmm. And now I was in the gang. Whoa. I was like... They would, they would be texting me to be like, hey, we're at the office, pull up when you get here for the festival. And I would be like, in the festival <laughs> office. Like, in with, the VIP, with the VIP, crew, VIP, like. VIP, you know what I'm saying? And then we're like going through like the twin procession and I'm with the amazing. crew. And like, and they were taking care of me, like, like checking where I was and everything. And if maybe like I was kind of like lazy one morning, so I get to the festival a bit late that day, yeah. I'll come in and people be like, where were you, man? We like, we had lunch and everything. Like somebody kept a plate for you. Like, oh, yeah. So nice. wow. And so I'm like in there and it was just the same everywhere. Like uh-huh. I, I then had about like a week to, to kind of go to other parts of the country. So I, mm-hmm. after some thinking, I was like, I would love to go a little bit north. It is a bit far. To go to Kumasi? Um, no, I didn't have a chance to go to Kumasi. Mm-hmm. So I kind of kept it to the, South Coast. Mm-hmm. So I went across to Cape Coast for a day, okay. a night. Um, I didn't love the vibes, but it was mm. good to know because I'm such a history like person. So I really enjoyed yeah. like, learning about um, the, the, the history and everything. And, stuff, yeah. Um, and yeah, just hanging out like at the beach, at the fishing beach, and just like chatting to random people. Mm-hmm. But even there, like the so I got off the bus from Accra to Cape Coast. Just you know, found a taxi, took his number for the next day when I was continuing. And then, yeah, and then I called him the next morning. I'm like, hey, I'm carrying on to mm. this town called Buswa, which is very similar to Kilipi. Very wow. similar vibes, actually. Coast, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is further along the coast, uh-huh. um, like a surfing town, like mm. a really nice beach. Has another famous festival, which goes down, I think, every March mm. called Asabako. Uh-huh. 
um, which is it. It really gives Kilifi. Like it really gives, it gives what we do here in New Year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. it's like Jungle Rave. <laughs> like literally, there's one party called the Jungle Rave, and it's a little spread out. And okay. it's, yeah, it's just that kind of free vibe. That, and it's also kind of niche. It's not like famous, mm. but it has its people, so it's it gets packed. Mm. Um, I guess it's like the BCC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even that taxi driver was like, okay, call me when you get to like Takaradi. Cause yeah, and he was explaining to me like, you have to get to Takaradi and then you have to get a bus here and everything. It wasn't like a simple route to get mm-hmm. to Buswa. Mm-hmm. So he explained to me and then he took me exactly where and he literally was like, call me when you get there. Cool. Mm-hmm. I forgot, oh. <laughs> but I still have his phone number and I'll call him when I'm, when I'm back in Cape Coast. Oh, when I'm back. Yeah. yeah a guy <laughs> called Chrissy. Very sweet. Nice. So sweet. It was nice. giving uncle. Like uncle it was vibes. so nice. Yeah. yeah. And still like that kind of thing. I just was encountering that. Like, much more than I have before. As mm-hmm. much as I've traveled quite a lot, it's yeah. I feel like that month in Ghana just like stands out in that. That's sense. awesome. Like, and I, and I left, and I was so emotional. Like on the day oh, I was leaving, really, I was really like, <gasps> and I Ghana. didn't know why. I was like, I'm tearing. I don't really, I don't really know why. Wow, I was that's just, nice. I'm just that's a good it. feeling. And then later on, I think I kind of realized like it was the realization of how like everything was so good and okay because really like people were just taking care of me yeah that's like, a really good feeling actually. wow yeah. that's so nice <laughs> people very nice feeling to have actually. yeah i think you'd love it i we will go. go back uh, we should go we yeah. should go actually yeah <laughs> we should go for a sabaco march 2024 yeah i yeah. mean i'm i'm my friend down, Opoku, who's got a record store in buzwa yeah he like sends me his um his radio show He's got a record store and then yeah i've got a friend from Belgium, mm-hmm. big dreadlocks. Yeah, oh, he's, a, he's a white guy, but deep down, he's <laughs> not. You know, he's not really. You know, yeah, he's not. His soul isn't there. Like, yeah, he's he, he has he, he's a record dealer. So like, he's yeah. been going to Nigeria, yeah. Lagos, Accra, just yeah. like going through records and mm-hmm. like finding old classic records and taking them back and selling. So like, he yeah. actually might know your this guy. Maybe that's how. If you text him and ask him for Kali, yeah, he he might know him. Like, I could swear. be, yeah, because he he was telling me about like a few different people who he, who often send him records or buy from. Oh him. yeah, like, yeah. And, that, and my friend Kali is like he's been in he's in the mm. record game in especially Ooh. Ghana. He okay. lived in Ghana for a very long time. Yeah. And the reason why I say he's definitely black is because <laughs> he had this crazy motorcycle accident mm. in the road and like almost lost his leg and it was like hanging off. And they took him to the hospital, oh. and he got treated, and they had to give him all this Ghanaian blood. <laughs> so he's got Ghanaian blood so rolling through him. Like he's so funny. He's a good guy. He speaks yeah. the language. He speaks um, Asante. Um, what do they speak? Asante, yeah, Asante. Um, As- Asante is one of them. Yeah. Mainly, like I guess, what would maybe be the equivalent of Swahili is Tree. Tree, yeah, that's what he speaks exactly. He speaks. Yeah. But then there's obviously all of the other other one yeah locals yeah awesome yeah it's a really good trip yeah. mm, that's cool yeah. i'll go one day have yeah. you been to ethiopia technically many times okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> passing through the airport oh not okay. like yeah oh. i spent one night because of like a delayed flight this thing but even that was nah, like you need oh, yeah. three hours we had to be back in the airport it's like i want to go to not the real one yeah me go. too one day but i want to go everywhere like mm. i'll never rule out any country no way, especially Africa, man. I'm yeah. just like, it's endless. Like, I could just keep going on and yeah. on and on. And, like, it's just not yeah. ending, man. You get back to Morocco, you're, then yeah. what are the vibes? 
get back to Morocco. Because you ended up leaving again. So. Yeah, I left. I just, I'm back in Kenya now. But, like, it took me two years to, like... Okay, yeah. To, like, yeah. recalibrate. Reca- also, the honestly, corona man, thing like, was happening. Honestly, was really... Even if you didn't feel directly affected, like, that was, that was some collectively traumatic shit. Yes, man. it was. It was. Yeah. I mean, I was actually never in lockdown. So, I, like, mm. I didn't really have, like, that crazy... Uh, apparently, in Morocco, people had lockdown. Mm. Like, even during the day, they weren't allowed to go outside. Mm. And I missed that entire part because I was in Burkina Faso chilling out, getting drunk in the, like the same, locals same, same. and having millet beer and chilling yeah. out. And, and everyone's like sharing the same cup and like, <laughs> like there's no such thing as Corona, you idiot. Like we're all sharing the same cup. Like, you know, anyways. But, yeah. but um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. Bike travels and I, I really appreciate traveling more because I had to use my own energy mm-hmm. to get from place to place. Yeah. And I wasn't, it wasn't like, like now transporting, transportation is like literally trans, transporting, you know, like, mm-hmm. like teleportation. Yeah. yeah. Now transportation is literally like a step like, away from, it's just like, yeah. okay, in mm-hmm. a couple hours you're here, but like, no way that's like, I'd have to like map out myself, yeah. see how many days that could possibly take me mm-hmm. and then see how many days it actually, it did actually take does. Me. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what it is. But, like, there wasn't, a, there was villages constantly. Mm-hmm. I think the longest distance I traveled without seeing a village was 50 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And that was in Mauritania in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Everywhere else, there was every 20, 30, 30 kilometers, there was a village, mm-hmm. village, 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 after a village. People, 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 more yeah. people, just humans alive. Mm-hmm. Humans alive. I love yes. it. Yes, it's a really good tagline. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can, you can name that uh, in the title. <laughs> the episode. Yes, episode of Humans Alive. You can you can pre-order Zach's book, <laughs> Humans Alive, the memoir. I don't know if I will write a book, but I am the book. I just enjoy. Oh. Yes, I just like. Yeah. Saying my book, like speaking this, I'm happy living that I have, it. yeah, living the book. It's yeah. not done. Like I'm not, I'm not yeah. done. I could write a book now, but like that's not even it's close to what's gonna happen in yeah. the future, you know? Yeah, for sure. But yeah. So you come back to Morocco. Um, do you? I don't know. I don't know if you task this upon yourself, but in terms of like talking about what you have now learned yes. about at least one that region yes. or those regions of Africa, mm-hmm. and. You know, like I'm, I'm assuming you kind of come home with this new fire of like Absolutely. being an African and everything you've learned mm-hmm. and all the resistant movements and all of the joy and all mm-hmm. of the beauty and all of the all that there is to be proud of. Mm-hmm. You come back to Morocco. Is it is it giving like? Uh, there was a why small group. Explain so much. To that's you guys? the thing. Come on. It's not just that. Like I did try mm-hmm. to share the ideology and ideas yeah. of what I just experienced, but small group of people mm-hmm. who I could actually connect with yeah. compared to like the majority of people who didn't really get that and actually trust the government and, mm. uh, and or somewhat enjoying their lifestyle at the moment. Okay. So, they, I mean, the thing that that's, in Morocco, the people are very numb. Mm. They don't want to like, they're afraid to like shake up some dust okay. and like you know stir up the water and stuff they're like yeah. very like oh okay the king oh he's not okay there's no wars in morocco okay mm. that's good let's just like okay. chill out and keep the peace yeah now. keep the peace and but then there's this there's these amazigh people mm-hmm. in the desert 
who want to like separate. Yeah, yeah, they want to. They want. They even want fuck recognition. They want to separate yeah. from Morocco completely. Yeah. That's why now mm-hmm. you still see on the map it says Western Sahara. I was gonna say, can I bring up Western Sahara or is yes. this a touchy subject? No, no, I don't. Also, like, I'm, I'm, I'm from everywhere. I don't have yeah. one. I'm, I don't even like yeah. Morocco. But I do know it's like one of those like controversial things. Yes, like and seems to have been like a, a long standing. A long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what actually is the situation like? Who is in okay? Western so Sahara? there's these people called Polisario, uh-huh. and Polisario are like being funded by Algeria and Spain and stuff. So that's why Morocco is not really on good terms with Algeria or okay. Spain. So what? Who are Polisario? They're just like they call them like this rebel. They're basically rebels. I see. Okay. Trying to create boundaries mm-hmm. between Morocco and Western Sahara and right. like trying to create their own government and political system so that mm-hmm. they could be recognized by the rest of the world as a, their own separate country okay. rather than being part of Morocco. But the thing is, in Morocco, the, the, this, the father's, the king of the... See, it's a king shit. Mm-hmm. So that's also another problem with Morocco. Mm. Like, they've been under the influence of one family for yeah, generations. One monarchy, yes. one dynasty. Yes, it's ridiculous. So like the mentalities of people have also been geared in that way but anyways yeah. people of western sahara don't want didn't want that they want to have their own place and make their own decisions and yeah. their own contacts and contacts and stuff so they've been trying to separate because of that yeah um the people the locals living there have really no problem i don't think they really care whether who's okay. in charge or anything they're just kind of living their life but mm-hmm. then there is this like big group of people who are like we need to make sure that this is our land and okay. like this we were separate from morocco we're yeah. western sahara we have our own name and everything our own flag even okay. and uh i don't feel that that's a bad negative thing mm-hmm. because morocco government is also very yeah. corrupt and shitty. not shitty they, they're good they do good for the people I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie morocco there is Infrastructure. Mm-hmm. There's roads being built. There's light. Mm-hmm. People get taken care of. I guess when there's somewhat of like a national disaster, like okay. recently there was an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much the government took care of the people, but yeah. people. I know that the people of Morocco were taking care of each other a lot. Mm-hmm. I have saw that a lot. Yeah. Know, so happy about that. Um. As far as the um, Polisario thing mm-hmm. and Western Sahara, do you, is there any kind of like break away from like Arab influence or Islam or anything like that? Or is it more so in, like the, a, in, in the Polisario thing? Yeah. Um, and like part of the reasoning why they're trying to separate, does that, does that influence I don't know it, if or? it has any influence with religion or okay. anything. Um, and culturally? Culturally, like, um, yes. Culturally. Because like I said, the king has, is Arab. And he has nothing to he he has nothing to do with Amazigh. No connection. No, no connection. So the Amazigh people of the Sahara, Western Sahara, they're the main ones who are in the Polisario. They're trying to have their own nation separate. So the the problem is like the the normal Amazigh people of the Sahara are somewhat separate from this Polisario thing because this Polisario thing is a bit violent. Mm. Like sometimes they'll like. Uh, raid certain areas to make sure that that's to like show that that's their that's their like borderline yeah 
and make people choose like where do you want to be if mm. you want to be on that side or this side okay. and, and then there's the desert nomads who are just like Living. they're just lit they can just go anywhere they want mm -hmm. they can travel across algeria mali mm -hmm. all the way to libya and you wouldn't even know like, yeah. where they're from because they just have camels goats mm -hmm. and they just constantly move yeah and i love that mm -hmm. <laughs> do you know if that if they have any trouble like doing that in terms of like if they're found somewhere by some kind of like, i don't think that they can do anything to them i don't think they can do anything to them because okay. one it's not like they're getting like harassed if they no end they can't that's the, they, all they have to say is that my I'm like i'm from here mm. i'm from the desert okay and literally they could just be they, they could be from there especially yeah. if you speak the local language mm. and especially those those people especially back then they don't have id cards yeah. passports none of that bullshit they just continue and travel and i really like that mm. part about those parts of africa yeah. uh Especially the Sahara part, it's so vast yeah. that you can't really pinpoint or Somebody's control location. a place. Control, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Very wild. There. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is really, I think that's beautiful that that's still possible. And I think it's, I guess, fortunate that it's like the geographical area has kind mm -hmm. of forced that that's how it has to be. Because mm -hmm. around here, there are many nomadic communities, or like historically nomadic communities. Like mm. Maasai is a historically nomadic, mm -hmm. and a lot, of, actually, a lot of Nilotic tribes. But it's also there's like nomadic people who have always lived like that, and then there's people who have kind of like you know different stops on the migration route of mm. like the, the tribe and the peoples. Um, and then even on this side, like the the people of Kushitic uh, origin and everything. A lot of the north north of Kenya, like coming down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But just for a long time, that like has just been treated with such suspicion, like somebody traveling because they can, or somebody mm -hmm. choosing to to go to a different place. Okay, has just been, yeah, treated like suspicion and everything. Um, treated like something to, like it must be bad. Like somebody must have dubious motives if they're moving. Oh, why know? they're moving? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, again, like another colonial important another. Thing of colonial policing mm. from the colonial government times until now same mm -hmm. thing same system same police force you can't tell me shit about that yes, yes, um, yes but yeah i think it's just it's it's not as as possible here as mm -hmm. it has been before okay. like people can't move as freely with all of their mm -hmm. of course their livestock and everything like that a lot of maasai people will still be on there still like my car needs to eat so tough <laughs> like yeah in nairobi and where just everywhere <laughs> like People they're just like, bitch, go. I have cows to feed. Yes. <laughs> what, what, are you, why are you talking, what are you block, talking to me about right block now? Block the like, road and everything. And I respect it heavy. Yeah, why? That's, that's their right. That's like, their right. This like, is all, our, all of our land. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's just there, there are many more obstacles to like people living their traditional nomadic lives. Mm -hmm. I can say for sure for Kenya. Mm. I don't know about uh, other countries as, as much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I, it's like really encouraging to me to hear that people can just, if they choose, maybe they don't necessarily choose it, but if they, you know, if, if that's what their life is going to be, then they can live a nomadic life mm -hmm. and not have to go through like these fake, made up yeah. divisions. Yes. And, yeah. Speaking of that, how was, how were border crossings for you, like through yes. the cycling journey? Mm -hmm. Oh, so I used my Moroccan passport the mm -hmm. entire time of uh, traveling across borders. 
um, some places had a visa, mm -hmm. some places didn't have a visa. You and it just, was always on arrival, never like a pre I never, never did that. I mean, as soon as I get to the border, I'm like, I'm going there. And they see I'm like on a bike and they're like, is that your bike? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this fucking came from Morocco. They're like, and then they start going through my passport and they yeah. start seeing like all these like stamps yeah, and they're the like, way. damn, I just came from Morocco. Yeah. So they just, they're like, yeah, okay. okay. Either I pay the fee. Some places didn't have a fee okay. for traveling. Like Senegal, no fee. Gambia had a fee, visa fee. Uh, obviously, going back into Senegal again, no, because mm -hmm. you cross. There's no visa fee for Senegal. Then Guinea Conakry, no visa fee. Mm -hmm. Cote d'Ivoire, no visa fee. Mm -hmm. yeah. So without the the Ghana thing, which was a COVID thing, yes. so you were never like given any trouble or questioned or treated with suspicion. Where? Um, at any different borders? Not with suspicion. Mm -hmm. No. People interested? We ask a lot of questions. And a lot. People were intrigued. A lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time. Yeah. Most of the police just want to chat and like mm. make conversation. Yeah. So yeah, just give them a little show. Okay. Is that something yeah. you like had as part of your preparation? Like, were you thinking about where would I need a visa or whatever, anything like that? A little bit. Yeah. Yes, I did make my map according to that, mm. and also according to the political. Yeah, on, true. Like Mali, Makes I was sense. told not to go to by road because mm -hmm. a lot of the outskirts of the places were like sketched mm -hmm. in the rural lands. But I think that's also a bunch of chat, just mm -hmm. a bunch of chat, because I was warned about so many places that I yeah. went and I biked through them. Mm -hmm. Yes, completely no problem. Yeah. Just actually doing know. it. Mm -hmm is the real experience everyone can chat what they like yeah but like actually doing the thing is the real experience and i think also sometimes i mean some things are like set in stone like if there's a war happening there's a war happening yeah. but like if there's a place that's experiencing constant conflict then that's what it is yeah but other other times when you know people talk about safety or if they will uh, blankets say this happens here when we really have heard one or two stories over 10 years or mm -hmm. something happening there. Sometimes it is just like, maybe you can't, but I, I know how to handle myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. maybe you can, but I have experience doing this, 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 or I have, yeah. I'm prepared for this, 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 or I, you know, I'm good at planning, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes wh when it comes to travel, I have, I had to just learn very early because I also just traveled on my own from a really young age is, that it's not for everyone. So if you can't mm, do it, that's okay. Mm. Like, I'm not telling you that you should. Yeah, traveling is not like, that easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I feel like I'm aware of my capabilities and I'm also aware of where I can push myself and where I would like to get better. And so I'm just going to go do that, that. Yeah. <laughs> and learn what I learn and yes. come out with whatever experience I come out with. Mm -hmm. Either way, I would probably be okay. So yeah. It's a lot of trust, a certain mm -hmm. amount of trust in yeah. yourself and just in nature and the universe humanity a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> and when you do have that you experience that you experience like the yes. effects of yeah. trusting people <laughs> very foreign to me i think this is why ghana was such a like monumental whatever uh -huh. later on like thinking about it later on I'm like maybe you know just at this point in my life i am older and more open and that's that's how that happened. When, when was that? When did you go to Ghana? 
This was August of 2022. Oh, recently? Yeah. Yeah, just last year. Yeah, so maybe it just is like, you know, in my journey of life. Mm-hmm. How just, was everything there after the COVID stuff? Um, I mean, it seemed very chill. I think in terms of entrance and stuff. I flew in as well, which is always a totally different Yeah, thing. it's very different. But uh, it's um, still all right. You still get... I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys had a... You don't have to pay a visa as a Kenyan. Anyways. No, no. Well, that brings us to where we are now. How did you end up in Kenya? What's that about? Mm, <laughs> so this, my friend Kali, mm-hmm. we mentioned both of the people of why I'm here. So my friend Kali, I'm on the phone with him. I'm like, I'm tired of this Moroccan stuff again. <laughs> I'm really like, I'm already <laughs> like, fed I up. I came again. back, but I'm yeah, over it again. I'm Next. over it. I'm like done. I'm like so done. And I'm like, I think I'm going to go back to Ghana. He's like, Ghana's good. I've lived there. But, you know, you should check out East Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Like, what? He's like, it's completely different. It's nothing like West Africa yeah. at all. So different, yeah. At all. He's like, just go and you'll see. And I was like, all right. So I look up in my contacts, who's who's mm-hmm. in West Africa? Who's in East Africa? Iman Khan. Ding, ding, ding. Shout out Iman again <laughs> two times. I text Iman. I'm like, I'm coming. She's like, all right, I just had a baby, but you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him for that. So I just uh, booked a flight. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I'm here. <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah. and now it's been seven months since I've been yeah. in the East And this Africa. was your, like, introduction to East Africa. This is you yes. here for the first time. Khalifi, specifically. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. People are very nice, very calm, yeah. very humble, uh, not aggressive at all. Because in West yeah. Africa, it's not like that. No, not at all. They're no. very hyper. They're very beautiful ha- and, 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 uh, like good nature and Ama- still yeah, happy good and nature, a lot of joy. Exactly, that, but yeah. they're aggressive yeah. and intense, which is also a nice vibe to experience. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like, I'm just like, I'm more on like the hey, Yeah, so just like floating. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and then like Kenyans are the just way. so like chill and happy. But, but you yeah. know what's so funny? And Why? like, this is one of my favorite things to talk about in terms of like the impressions we have of each other as even within a country, like different communities. But especially neighboring countries, because it's always like sibling vibes, right? Because mm-hmm. we're in the same region. Mm-hmm. We even share some tribes at the borders. Mm-hmm. But there are often differences. In East Africa, if you ask a Tanzanian or Ugandan, the chat is Kenyans are so aggressive. They work all <laughs> the time. That's what they say in Tanzania. All they care about is money. <sighs> Blah, blah, blah. But then, like, ask a Nigerian about Kenyans. I'm oh not going to say that. Gosh, Nigerians. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Nigerians on a whole nother we're level, like, man. So, so, like, Kenya is, like, almost like the Nigeria to other East yes, Africans. And yes. we're just here, like, oh, I, I, I don't know, I we're guess, just living. I guess, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but in Tanzania, everyone was saying that. Yeah. And even Kenyans are like, oh, when you go to Tanzania. So everything's so slow. Everything's so slow. Extra, extra polite. Every single person. So polite. Wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, all right. And it, it was somewhat true. Yeah. Somewhat. I mean, of course, you meet the... the yeah, there's the always individual. Like yeah. it was pretty nice, and but it's it's like I mean, I still felt good. I still feel good in Kenya. I still feel that nice vibe in Kenya here. So, yeah. you are on the coast though most of the time. So True. even within the country, there's so many uh, Inland, differences. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Nairobi. Yeah, I don't. I'm not in talking about Nairobi when I'm talking about yeah, this yeah, type yeah. Of context. But yeah. I feel very happy. Yeah. You're about to you're about to catch some West West African Asian yeah. energy in New Orleans. It's late. I know, I am very happy and excited about that. The music is great. I think mm. that you'll like take as many opportunities to like go experience sure. live music as you can. It's sure. sick. Nice. 
So we come to not the end of the story, but the, the current point of the story. Yes. Of Zach's African adventures, <laughs> self self actualization. So plans for the future. So places I want to visit still, um, definitely Uganda, Jinja mm. area, um, definitely Ethiopia, and then I actually do want to learn Swahili yeah. a lot. Uh, I was learning Fula. Because it was easier for my ear to catch. Uh, instruments, I want to play. The Kora. I. That is my one dream, actually. I'm going to ask you one last question. All right. All right, folks. Thanks to this mic set that doesn't want me to be great. There's so much of our last two minutes that was lost in technical difficulties but Zach and I got into some of the music that he remembers from his cycling journey down West Africa and he told me about his precious memory card that he took with him everywhere and asked as many people as he could that he met along the way between Morocco and Ghana or actually Burkina Faso to just add on some music that they like. So with that I leave you with this track. This is Kaira by Alifa Kature and Tumani Diabate. And I hope it blesses you like the Cora blesses both Zach and I. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Just um, stay away from Babylon. <laughs> <laughs>